Greetings, troubled listeners, and welcome to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Coman, sitting in the ring room with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Thank you again for having me on your show, Renee. Well, it's our show. I keep yeah. reminding you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's not what the comments say. Well, I, <laughs> don't you're not supposed to read those. Manny. Oh, okay. Those are no uh, good for you, man. Yeah. You're supposed to just be commenting. You know? Yeah, like, I know. I know. I need yeah. to get on our our, our Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need yeah. to do that for yeah, us. I keep trying to give it to you. And you keep going. Well, not right now. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't think I have the right technology because well, my phone. is I got to like, get with your phone because I, I I know I th- I think it's a simple switch of like turning the data capability on in your phone. Well, I'm, help me. I will. Help I will. Me. We're going we're gonna to have a little production Because I'm meeting. asked by people right. about Twitter. Yeah. You know, people ask me mm-hmm. and they say, do Manny, uh, are you on Twitter? Mm-hmm. Do you follow people on Twitter? And I, I kind of say, well, I think I'm on Twitter. <laughs> I, I kind of remember being on... You have a Twitter account. Manny I do Chevrolet have, I Twitter, do have right. a Twitter and, account. And we do have a Troubled Men podcast Twitter well, account. that's good. Although, I, I, that's the one that I have to say I neglect. You know, I'm, I'm pretty good about so keeping up the So we should tell the nation media. to like us, right? Yes, yeah, so, well, yeah, we're, we're on, uh, you know, Troubled Men podcast on Facebook, uh, uh-huh. on Instagram, yes. as well as Twitter. Okay. So get on there, follow us, like us, uh, you know. So let me ask the, you something. What's yes. the difference between being liked and being followed? Well, I Is guess, it like your stalker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's both. You can be liked and followed, or okay. you can just follow someone, or, you know, it depends on what kind of page you have, apparently. I'm still okay. still pretty new to all this, but, all right. uh, so. but yeah, and it also depends what, what platform you're talking so about. So is, it, like, is it better to be liked or better to be followed? Uh, you mean... Like, is it better to be loved or feared? Is yeah, the same exactly. kind of question? Yeah, I think exactly. both. So uh, you want a little bit of both. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I decided to like some people on Twitter. Uh-huh. I'm following some people on Twitter. <laughs> okay. And, and, and one of them is O.J. Simpson. Uh-huh. I think he's a, you know, a, a very interesting guy. Yeah. He's to, had a storied career. Yeah. He's had a, he's had a, a crazy life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and now he's living in Vegas or Florida. Yeah. So I just want to know what the juice has to say. Right. And another person I'm following is El Chapo. Okay. <laughs> El Chapo, you know, the drug cartel lord. Sure. Who's now in prison for the rest of his life. Right. I didn't realize he was active on social media. Well, I found him. Okay. You know, and uh, so I'm following him, too. I don't understand. You know, there's a language barrier. Yeah. But, uh, and the other person I'm following is uh, Squeaky Fromm. Well, that's a good one. I like, yeah, the, I yeah. like this, uh, this, yeah. this array Squeaky you have. Fromm is very interesting. I'm you a know, fan, yeah. She's, she's, she was a family member of the Manson. Right, right. She was like the... the redhead. So, yeah, you know. she was like the second cousin or something like that. I don't know what she was. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea. she fell in the birth order yeah, of the yeah, Manson Yeah, in the family. family. I don't right, know. Right, right, she right. was like, you know, she was the black sheep. Yeah, you know, well, she was the redheaded stepchild, right? Uh, and uh, and she also tried to kill a president. Yeah, so I find that very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, as, so. again, like like OJ, she's had a, a very storied life. Right. Yeah. Know? So how have you been this week? Um, I've been good. You know, I just came off of two days of being in the recording studio. I was with uh, Lynn Drury and uh, Mary. How is Lynn? Lynn's great, man. Yeah. Lynn, we just uh, tell her to stop trying to call me. It's, okay. it's over. Okay, uh, <laughs> it's over. It was never really anything happening, but it's over. Okay, but for sure now it's over. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll pass that along to her. Yeah, so we're in a terrific studio I'd never been in before. Marnie Recording Studio, mm-hmm. um, really a great facility. It's a former dance hall. Um, but uh, yeah, Len 
came in with her band and uh, had a great engineer, Jacques Delatour. It's got a great name, huh? Jacques Delatour. I love that. But he's terrific sounds like engineer. a toilet. Well, no. No. <laughs> sounds like a uh, international man of mystery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's a great engineer, and we, uh, we recorded like, you know, half a record. But is he stuff. a master? Is he going to master it? Um, well, no, but he is a, a fan and a, a client of Bruce Barriel, our okay. former uh, Troubleman podcast guest, who is a mastering engineer. He does mastering. It's a very specialized form yeah. of procedure that he that he does there but uh yeah so we're all it's we're all affiliated so it's funny being in the studio it's like it's like being in surgery or something you know you come out you're exhausted and you you feel like you must have been in there for days and it's really only been and there's you know, blood six hours well yeah there's always <laughs> there's blood. a lot of blood there's always gonna be some blood but uh <laughs> but yeah so i, I did two days of that, and, and um, I feel like I might be as tired as you are usually. Yeah, I, I'm exhausted. You're constantly. exhausted. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. but you know, it's 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 kind of nice because you you feel almost uh, uh, punchy. You know, you're getting slightly euphoric from the from the exhaustion. Well, yeah, you start running on fumes, and, right. and stuff just comes out. Yeah, you know? it just, you know. <laughs> is that the explanation? <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. I mean, your car's running on fumes, and right. all of a sudden it's like going fast at 30, 40, 50, and then <laughs> boom, and you're down to ten miles an hour, okay. and you're and you're you know right. just kind of cruising, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. So, so that's what I've been doing. But you know, I had something in the news the, the past couple of weeks. It's it's been on on my mind because you know I'm, I'm a lifelong uh, fan of Cheerios. I love Cheerios. Really. That, that yeah, yeah. To me, that's the perfect combination of crunchiness and saltiness that makes the uh, the milk taste sl- sli- slightly sweet, you know, because okay. it is kind of a savory. Do you drink the milk after the cereal's I, done? I usually do, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, mo- I do that too. My mother used to make me, so I yeah. just got in the habit of doing yeah. it. She said that's where all the nutrients were. <laughs> so I don't know if that's true, but, but anyway, so I recently found out that you know, a lot of breakfast cereals have yeah. Roundup in them. Well, it turns out Cheerios is the highest. <laughs> it has yeah. up to four times the amount of some other cereals. Yeah, I, I read that same story. And um, fortunately for us, uh, I, don't, I, don't do, I do oatmeal more than cereal. Okay. Uh, but well, that's the dog, problem is the oats. Is apparently yeah. they use that stuff to, to desiccate the oats, to dry yeah, them out. They're yeah. not even trying to kill any insects. They just like its drying capability. Well, it's crazy. Well, my daughter got into Cheerios. Right. But so instantly what I did was is I just, I poured a, a bunch of milk in the box of Cheerios and I just threw them on the weeds in the backyard, uh-huh. ho- hoping they would kill the weeds. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's horrible. It's a horrible thing. I, I, and uh, didn't I talk about how they, they find weed killer in some alcohols, too? I, talk, I talked about this about right. a, a yeah, couple yeah, of yeah, months yeah, ago. Yes, yeah, we, that did come up. That it was in certain beers that people drink Every day, like um, yeah, all the all the, the all the popular Bud Light, yeah, yeah, Bud yeah. Light, and uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, I but guess anything with grain is they're going to find it in. Yeah, know, but they said apparently. Tough. I think I said this. I said uh, this wine company, you know, said well, if you were to get uh, uh, killed by the amount of weed killer that we have in our wine, you would have to drink like you know. Two hundred and eighty, you know, glasses of wine, right? right. You know that kind of stuff yes, in a day yes, yes, yes. for you know a few months, right. and then you would die from weed killer poison. So you're saying I'm safe with the Cheerios? Like, don't sweat I, the Cheerios? Yeah, it's, I never was not, a Cheerio fan. You know, the, I, uh, the Roundup in the Cheerios isn't going to be what gets listen, me. You've, listen, you've seen my if, if uh, yeah, go ahead. 
No, no. Keep saying, eating Cheerios. Keep eating Cheerios. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The Manny Chevrolet stamp of approval. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, yeah, Cheerios, all that, yeah, whatever. You know, I, it's, it's hard because it's like, I, I think I brought this up. It's like that old Joe Jackson song where it says, everything gives you cancer. Right. You know, it's like, well, fuck, man. How, you know, what are we supposed to eat? You know, because every day they come out, like, don't eat broccoli, eat broccoli, don't eat this, eat this, you know, don't drink this, you know, don't wash with this, you know, you right. know, don't use your right hand, right. you know, that kind of stuff. Yes. You know, so. It's hard to know who to believe. Yeah, yeah, who are you going to believe? Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, so yeah. basically your body side. will tell you. Okay. Your body will say, Renee, what you're doing with the Cheerios every day, uh, stop. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's just my advice to all right, you. you know, right, well, I, I consider you a friend. Well, you know, I I've known you that. for a while. Yeah, yeah well, I think we are friends. Yeah. And speaking of friends. Yes. Um, I wish I had more. I wish yeah. I had more friends like this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why yeah. don't you introduce our guest? Yeah, well, so this, this next guy, he's, he's lived in New Orleans for a good long time. He's a multi-talented. He's a, a great painter. Uh, he's a musician. He, he's a DJ. He uh, runs a record store. Um, he, he was one-time manager of, uh, of, of uh, the Circle Bar and close, close friend of the patron saint of this uh, podcast, Kelly Keller. Without further ado, Mr. Lefty Parker. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> Ooh, nice. I, I like that. Relaxed. Welcome, Lefty. Yeah, yeah. How are you? We're I know you've been waiting a long time. I have. You have My been waiting. voice got lower the longer yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's going on with you, man? Limbo. Limbo? Yeah, I'm into limbo. So we, we didn't know this. We, on the way over here, we didn't know... Uh, you do you own the record store? I do not. You do not. That's what I thought. You manage it. I do. You're the manager of Euclid Records, which is started out in Missouri, right? In St. Louis. Yeah. Saint Louis, okay. Missouri. And they've have a they have one down here. Don't they have some other other no, place? No, it's just the two. Just the huh. two places. I yeah. thought there was one in Georgia. Nope. No. Okay, so Nation, Euclid Records. You got to go to this place. It's uh, and you can go on to and people from the uh, go on your website, I'm sure, and order records and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, we do have a website and yeah. all that, but the location in New Orleans is kind of location specific. Right. And we don't spend a lot of time on the web. The St. Louis store does a lot more web stuff. Uh, uh-huh. We kind of want to be just a destination for people to come to when they're in New Orleans. So vinyl, though, because you know I love vinyl. Mm-hmm. Uh, vinyl, I hear, is making a comeback in a way, or did it never actually leave? Like heroin, it never, <laughs> you know, it never really like died. You know, yeah. it's always I mean, been there. It's definitely vinyl making is a comeback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah. I mean, whatever you call it, oxycodone, heroin, whatever. Right, it's all the same shit. The same yeah, yeah, shit. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so, so yeah. No, I mean, for me, it never went away, and for a lot of our friends, I think it didn't go away but i mean you know i I tend not to get hung up on format it's music try and get the music out of it whether it's a cassette a eight track a laser disc a dvd whatever it's just so happens that the market wants vinyl right now so that's our primary seller but we have everything else we have eight tracks we have yeah it's a it's a fabulous record store i mean it really is i mean you can spend a day there no, you could definitely spend uh, more than a day. Yeah, you could just spend a day just going through just everything. and then no, going. Do you know who DJ Shadow is? I've heard of him, yes. He's a famous DJ. He's basically an assemblage artist. Uh, he spent one week in the store wow. every day from 11 to 7 wow. going through the 45s. <laughs> Uh, and he stole things? Probably. <laughs> no. I mean, I certainly gave him a great deal. But the, yeah. the point is... You gave him the employee discount. When you see somebody come in and doing that much work... You realize, like, that's the job. 
it's not standing on stage. Yeah, it's, it's finding like the stuff. going out there and mm-hmm. looking for it and spending that time like listening to records over and over again to try and find the next sound that you're going to be working with. Well, that's right. you, though. You're a DJ. And that's I am a too. DJ, yeah. but he's more of an assemblage artist. Uh, I mean, I also have worked with rappers and built things before, but uh, I'm not in the League of Shadow. But, you know, I mean, I certainly like to play around with sound. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's, let's backtrack a second. Yeah. You know, because we talked about the record store. So you're from, where are you from? I was born in California, but I, right. I tend to claim North Carolina as my home because... Because you went to school. No, no you, I didn't you, even go to school there. No, you I were just in prison of, there. I became an adult there. <laughs> you became an adult in North Carolina. Yeah. I joined my first band there. I oh, okay. And what was the name of that band? Uh, it was a band called Hop, Flop, Fly. Okay. And that's <laughs> great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like number. scratching on the record. It's the Midnight Cowboy making an appearance, right. you know. Chewbacca's the, here. Ch- uh, <laughs> scraping the chairs. You know, we used to have Yolanda, now uh, Midnight Cowboy's taken over for her. Well, he wants to be a guest so I know, bad, I know, I know. He's, he's, he's trying to, you know, worm his way in. Okay. okay. All right, so. So you, you went to school and uh, at. You I went to Savannah S- College of Art and Design, actually, and uh, that's when in I ran South out of, Carolina. That's in Savannah, Georgia. S- Savannah, Georgia, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Savannah, Hawaii. Right. <laughs> uh, and I, I went to college in Boone, North Carolina, as well. But oh, I, okay. I basically ran out of money to do those things, and uh, like any good artist with no money, I ended up in New Orleans in the end. Right. So as a kid, though, I mean, as a young kid, vinyl was a part of your life. Music is always a yeah part music. Of my life. I mean, but like. Every, like we had a player piano that I used to love to play with. I mean, like literally vinyl, eight yeah. tracks, everything. I, I never stopped having. Okay, everything. Yeah, that, I mean, cassettes are a big part of my life still. And so in Cali, where were you born in California? Oh, Los Angeles. Okay, yeah. what part of LA? Because I'm from LA. Right. Uh, I, you know, I the you're embarrassed to in, say, right? Aren't well, you? because I don't like saying, but Central LA is the answer. Okay. Um, I think the actual answer is South Central, but I I think that the bottom line is is I can't really claim being from South Central LA because you don't you're because you're a blood and a crip at right, the same exactly. time, right? Right. 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 <laughs> But my family was poor. We lived in, you know, central L.A. in the 60s and 70s, and that was the way it went. So. And that was, a, that was actually a tough time. And it that was. was a rough time, because I grew up on the west side, which was a lot better. Right. You know, you were probably there when the, the Patty Hearst shootout. <laughs> uh, I believe I, yeah. It I was ne- your neighbors, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, LA is a funny place, and it's—I mean—it's changed a lot. I don't. Oh, it's it's yeah. it's 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 New York uh, B. You know, it's it's like so expensive now to live there. It's like incredible. It's. Like, I mean, it's, I like going back there and feeling the smell of home, but there's no way in hell I would ever live there. Again. Well, you can't <laughs> so, afford to live there. I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you can't afford to that's live. That's why you, I live here. That's why you live here, exactly. And you can barely afford to live here. <laughs> yeah, it was, well, it's success, that way. success is not a monetary thing here. Sure. So. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yes, we always say, you know, we have a, a, a low standard of living, but a high quality of life. Exactly. I, I don't know who says that, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> We've said that before yeah. on the podcast. Somebody said that, yeah, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Somebody wise, I'm sure. All right, so you're in college, you're in music and art, but art, you're an artist. I, mean, I you're, am an artist. You're I mean, a, I... a fabulous painter. My wife is one of your biggest fans. Oh. She loves the stuff you do, and I, and I, I, I think you should... Have you ever had an opening or anything like that? I had one. Yeah. When was that? 
five years ago. Okay. Yeah. And I wasn't invited to it, apparently. It was at Mimi's. <laughs> oh, it was at Mimi's. <laughs> <laughs> it was at a bar. Uh, uh, well, but you're a trained painter. You, and I am a trained painter. And uh, I, when I moved here, my, actual, my first job here was uh, I learned, trained to be an art conservator. Oh, okay. Uh, which is repairing oil paintings and frames and gilded objects. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm still doing that work. Oh, are I you? I have a frame in two, I have two frames in my house, one in my studio room and one in our dining room. Thanks to my wife. She's uh, allowing that to happen. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> Pretty forgiving girl. Yeah, well, I yeah. do get paid for doing these right. things. Right, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it pays the rent. Yeah, but I, I work at the record store during the day and I go home and work on frames. Nice. So nice. I would work on more paintings, but frames get broken more. I think. Yeah. So. You also that. did some uh, uh, restoration at the Circle Bar when I, when, I did. We, when we both lived there, and, and you worked there, but I lived there. You you lived my, there off and on. Yeah, I did. My first uh, my first encounter with Kelly and Dave uh, was they called the place where I was working and asked us to come look at the mural. Yeah. Oh. Oh, and okay. I walked in and I was like. I said, you know, this is going to cost $5,000 for you to fix it. Uh, and they said, oh, we don't have that money. And I went, so you became bar- a bartender there. Well, no, as we were going out the door, my boss went out ahead of me and I turned around to Kelly and I was like, here's my number. Call me. We'll do some, we'll work out some deal. Oh, okay. Oh, so okay. it was a company uh, you were working for. Some it was. I was learning, I was learning then and, uh, okay. and I eventually became the head conservator there. But during that period of time, I thought the bar was really cool. I had owned a bar in North Carolina that was also a music club that was small called huh. the Lizard and Snake Cafe. Okay. Uh, that was only open for three years and we lost our lease and we just decided to quit. Right. Um, yeah. But that place is famous for being the place where Ben Fultz 5 became famous. Oh, no kidding. So, yeah. It's a little small place in Chapel Hill. It uh, doesn't exist anymore. Right. Uh, but so I thought that place was a really cool place. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to meet them. And I wanted to be a part of what was happening there before it even opened. Yeah. Uh, but I also used to see Kelly at the thrift store a lot. Yeah. So we kind of had this, like, side look. Right, right, right. So. Well, Kelly is one of those those people. I would like to meet interesting people and yeah. collect them for her menagerie. And, yes. And, yeah. and uh, then... then play uh, like set piece like mingle you like you yeah. know, well, amongst what? each other yeah when, and when you have that one day when you're at a thrift store and you see a person and then you go to another thrift store and you see that person again that's a, that's a thing but right. when it happens like three weeks in a row uh-huh. you start to realize okay this person is like me right so well, i had the same thing with chris owens yeah, at a, at a strip club. No, I don't. You were at a strip club, and you kept seeing Chris. <laughs> Actually, at a thrift store. Yeah, uh, the the old one that used to be underneath the Rock and Bowl. Uh, thrift, thrift City. Yeah, I saw her there, and then I saw her at the uh, Salvation Navy. Right. You know, <laughs> a few days later, okay. and it was right before her Easter parade. Remember, you wouldn't think that Chris Owens would be going to thrift stores. No, you know? man, she was buying. You know, I guess she has this Easter parade. Right. Every Easter. Yeah, You're she, a Jew. You wouldn't know about that. No, no. This. I, I'm yeah, you know her. You're, you know Chris uh, Owens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know of Chris Owens. I know about Easter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think oh, Easter yeah. is actually a Jewish-related holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Passover is kind yeah, of... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I just fuck with them. Yeah. Don't worry about I'm married it. to a Jewish lady, so... No, yeah. And, and, I, and I had plenty of Easters as a child, so yeah. Right. No, but I, I bumped her into like three times huh. in one week at thrift stores. Wow. That's crazy. And, I, would, I would not... Um, I would, you know, I would predict that Kelly would be She is one of the most beautiful men I've ever met. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's very generous of you, Manny. Yeah. Manny's in a generous mood. Glorious tell. beard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> glorious beard, exactly. <laughs> so, 
in more ways than one. So, uh, so that mural that you're talking about, it's a mural of, of, uh, of Lee and, and um, Grant yeah. playing chess. No, I think they're just sitting in in chairs enjoying a drink. Okay, all right. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Well, I've been up close. I only to play it, there every week, so it's, yeah. I don't get. A lot yeah, the circle chance, bar so. mirror. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. the nation is so, a circle yeah. bar mirror. It's a, it is not. It's a. It's not a trained painter piece. It's, right. It, uh, the perspective on it is ridiculous. Uh-huh. So, do you know who ever did it? No, we never figured that. You out. never figured out who? No, because it. it's not. I mean, and because it's not a trained painter piece, it's probably something that was put in by just an amateur. Right. Right. Uh, so, did you do any work on that that mural? I did. I worked on it for years. Oh, okay. It's, like it's uncovering it or or doing what? Cleaning what, what it. Cleaning and, it. Okay. And stabilizing it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was also a smoking bar. Right. For the ten years surrounding and also those they events, used to have a, so. it makes it harder. Did yeah. they have yeah. the? It was a restaurant, a grill there for a while, wasn't it? There You're, was a grill there, but, yeah. But, but the mural hadn't been uncovered until the bar oh, okay. uh, actually okay. opened. Yeah. Well, I just find it. Uh, you know, I used to live on the top floor. I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was your of, landlord yeah. for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's where uh, the relationship the, went south. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was, I was his landlord as well right. before that. So, yeah, yeah. I get it. Right. <laughs> um, oh, God. I lost what I was going to oh, say. Sorry. Anyway. Sorry. No, no, but uh, going going back to Kelly. Kelly yeah, was yes. I paid Kelly the rent. I didn't never gave you a fucking dime. I paid Kelly the rent, man. <laughs> no, that's true because you moved out before I before Katrina. Right, yeah, I moved out. Yeah, right. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that was that's a that's a great bar. So yeah. and it's only going to be around for like another year, I think. I kind of figured that. No one told me, but yeah, no, uh, it's yeah. it's uh, it's it's gone probably by next year. I mean, the Taylors wanted that bar for a while. Oh yeah, so. yeah, and oh, yeah. yeah. And I think Dave is done with it. It's a beautiful thing that we were able to hold on to it for a period after Kelly's death. But I think that the city's changing, and it it became a difficult thing for me to run. I know that, so yeah. I can only imagine it's hard for Dave. Well, you know, I love that that, and I'll, I'll always uh, remember this that. Lefty, you were seemed like the the primary promoter of really maintaining the the Kellyism of of the Circle Bar. I tried, and and it's still even though you haven't been there for a long time, just the inertia that you the you know the the work that you did then. It still feels like when I'm there, it feels like Kelly could walk in. Good. You know? I I mean, I'll tell you, I think that that. <sighs> In the wake of Kelly's death, I thought it was really important as our for our community that bar that bar's community, but right. also the music community right. that we carry on with what Kelly with what Kelly was doing. Mm-hmm. And I think Katrina happened one year later, and then it became a really big holy mission, and not just for me, but the bartenders and the staff and the patrons, and it became our place. And I think that was really important, especially after Katrina. Yes. Um, you know, but but Kelly's changing a lot. So yeah, well, the it's, city's it's, totally it's really, changed since then. Yeah. There's a lot more venues that have bands that would have played at the Circle Bar. At the time that bar opened, there were essentially the Matador and the Shim Sham opened the same month as the Circle Bar. Mm-hmm. And that was really the first time that bands could play outside of Monaco Bob's or. or well, we still had the Mermaid at that time. We did, we did. True, but there were not like a ton of venues for people to play alternative music in or different types of things. And so when those three places opened, it kind of opened up all the options for both, including The Mermaid, Mm -hmm. um, for people to have different types of results. But now there's like 30 places that do those things. So I think it's kind of a different market now. It's also harder to get people in the door. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I used to love Kelly, though. She didn't like a band. She would let you know. She, oh, yeah. <laughs> Kelly would yell at bands and <laughs> yeah, like, throw things. Yeah. <laughs> she, she was like, what the fuck is this we're listening to? You know? <laughs> and I'll never forget, this is my one great Kelly story, is that for some reason, somebody wanted to have their wedding reception at the Circle Bar. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I don't know who would want that, but somebody, and it was this, uh, it was a German couple. They were like, they loved New Orleans, and apparently they'd been there before, and so they had their, their uh, reception in the Circle Bar. They had a band there, like a polka band or something like that, and I was downstairs with Kelly, because I, I think I was coming home, and she goes, man, you got to check this out. This is a German wedding reception, and they're doing the polka and all this kind of stuff. And there, people are making speeches and all that kind of stuff. And I just whispered to Kelly. I whispered while some guy was making, like the best man was making a speech. I whispered, I whispered into Kelly's ear. I go, and I give it four years. And Kelly just busted up laughing so loud that it like the guy that stopped giving the speech. <laughs> he stopped giving the speech. It's a small room. <laughs> well, it is a small room. We know how small that room is. Yep. You know, I said, ah, I give it four years. You know, and she started buzzing. Up so, and like everything stopped. Everyone, it was like that. Uh, remember that E.F. Hutton commercial? <laughs> you know, when E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. It's like. Everyone just looked, and so I, ah, I'll just take my drink and go upstairs. Bye-bye. You know, that kind of stuff. You know, so. Anyway, she was a good girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and, um. So, so what, what brought you to New Orleans? Uh, you, you said to work for that? Uh, I mean, is that what caused no, you to come here? No, uh, I moved here because uh, I... He's uh, a broke artist. Right, I was a broke artist, but uh, I had, I had, uh, I had, a marriage that fell apart and things weren't going super well for me. So I, lived, I moved out to California to live with my grandfather for a while, and whose wife had just died. And we were kind of propping each other up for a minute. And, uh, and I got a phone call from uh, my old drummer from Hop Hop Fly, uh, who was from here. Oh, okay. And she was living here again. And What's she, her name? Lauren. Lauren Dinkler. Okay. Uh, and Lauren... Uh, said come here and we'll start a band uh and i had an offer to go to san francisco as well to start a band i mean i was 27 so it was the per- perfect time for me to go start a band somewhere right um and uh so I you thought i'll come down here where it's really hot and nasty. well i couldn't afford to live in san francisco yeah well that's yeah, true yeah <laughs> and i asked her i was like so how much are you paying for rent and she's like i don't know we got like five rooms in a shotgun house with a yard for 300 a month and I was like I'll be there Thursday <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I moved here right after Jazz Fest so I spent the entire year not knowing not knowing anything about Jazz Fest or Mardi Gras okay so I lived here for a so year you never and Mardi Gras started coming around yeah. and I was like I don't know what's happening yeah. and it was all very confusing because I didn't move here for any of the majesty of New Orleans right. I moved here to be in a band with Lauren uh-huh. uh, which you know was its own weird rock and roll mission that I was on. Right. Um, and comes to find out, New Orleans opened itself up to me very slowly, and I learned a lot of things. And Lauren and I ended up forming a band called Fireball Rocket. Uh-huh. And Fireball Rocket ended up backing Ernie Cato for the last three years of his life. Nice. Uh, which was a learning experience on many, many levels. I'll bet, man. So, yeah, um, one of the things that drew Kelly and I together as well was... Uh, 
when I, before I started working at the bar, Kelly and I were working on benefits for Cato before he passed away uh-huh. for his medical fund. Because we didn't think he was going to pass away. He was 65. Right. Um, so she and I did benefits all over town together. And then she's like, hey, do you want to work here? Oh, okay. So that's when I actually started working at the bar. Oh, all right. Uh, but I had been a promoter in North Carolina. And I had my own bar in North Carolina. So when I came here, I started bringing friends from North Carolina because that's what you do. Uh-huh. Sure. Um, and then I met Kelly. And then next thing you know, we were all putting on shows together. <laughs> yeah. yeah man. So the North Carolina scene, music scene, how is that? How was it? For- it I mean, in the 90s, it was a very big scene. I mean, yeah. And partially because of Super Chunk and Southern Culture on the Skids and a lot of very well-known bands now came out of there. Uh, but at the time, you know, Seattle had happened and Athens had happened and everybody was looking for the next thing. So it all turned into this Chapel Hill thing. And uh, I don't know. I mean, aside from my band, uh, everyone else got signed. Yeah. <laughs> so, like everyone got signed and it turned into the situation where people were lording it over each other. It was the 90s in the way that like you could have a development deal or you could have a multiple album deal or you could have a songwriting deal and it was amazing to watch that happen because it was the last time it would happen in my life. So, yeah. yeah, it's when we were still happen. selling, uh, there was still a lot of money floating around the uh, music biz. They were, they were selling CDs of, of stuff that, that they had recouped in the 50s and, right. and so it's all pure profit. It and right. uh, so they were able to go out and do all that crazy stuff. It's like, let's just throw in a wide net and, and see who can make us some more money. I they didn't see the end coming. Yeah. I mean, at the, at the time, I think I don't think there was a Ron Weber child that wasn't signed to something. Yeah. So, um, uh, but the, uh, I speak of Dexter Ron Weber and his sister Sarah, but uh-huh. like their brother Joe got signed to the development deal just because of them. Yeah. Um, but also, I, I think they were casting a lot of lots. Right. Right. So. I think. The 90s, especially towards the mid-90s, towards, I mean, if you could make a music video, because that's when music videos still had some kind of cachet, because now I don't see music videos for any bands, you know? I, I, I guess they still make them. They do for the big ones and the pop ones, and yeah. sometimes people make them for fun, but yeah, I don't think but, you need to make one. Have you made one in a while? Oh, no. No, 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 no. No, <laughs> no I mean, but I think I mean, they made one for our first record. I right. thought, what a waste of money. <laughs> this right, is never right. going to get shown anyway. But I, I no, st- you can see it on YouTube, but, you know. It's, it's cool. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's not, you know, you may as well make it for $10 and put that on, on YouTube. But that's why you know? I think, I think back in that, that period of the mid to late 90s where MTV still was relevant in a way, where you can, if you got your music video, if you got, because they had that MTV News show. Remember right. MTV News? And it was like, oh, this band from North Carolina, you know, they have this, you know, video, blah, blah, and they'd show it. But now it doesn't seem to make any, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was an art director on a couple of videos in the 90s uh, right. because there were so many happening. Well, yeah, well, that's <laughs> it. And now it's like, you know, you don't need, you don't need, a studio doesn't need to pay for it anymore. No, didn't you do some work for MTV? Uh, I did the work for Virgin Records. Oh, you did. I interviewed a lot of their artists as Manny Chevrolet. Right. Yeah, um, and that Smashing was Pumpkins. Sma- oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a classic one. Yeah, 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 yeah. the classic one. Yeah, right. they couldn't stand me, man. They were just like they the, didn't look like they were. No, happy they were. You. You know well, what? they were ready to break up. They were on the verge of breaking up as a band. And the best line in the promotion video of that is where uh, I said, uh, "So, what's the secret to keeping a band together?" And they all bursted up laughing because yeah. about a month later they broke up. <laughs> well, they were, they were actually working on their biggest record at that time when, when well, you were yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And, and I went back and watched it after you talked about how they were, they, they were giving you a hard time. And I actually thought 
for someone coming in from outside while someone's trying to work on developing oh. material yeah. that they were super generous and super patient to <laughs> to be as nice as they were because <laughs> well, it's yeah. tough man you know? no I, I i i felt bad i was like you right. know i i'm in there with the producer modi i'm going they don't want us it here, wasn't man. your idea i know they, the, what, the record you know, company i'm sent getting you, paid yeah. you know right. I, I gotta go to new orleans later after atlanta because they were they were in atlanta with butch vig right and butch vig was the greatest guy he was very very nice guy yeah but they, they just were like in the studio and all of a sudden Virgin Records goes, we're doing this promotional video. This guy, Manny Chevrolet, is going to come and interview you. Be happy. You know, laugh at his, you know, all this right, kind of stuff. Right. And it was just like, this is why? like, why? Why we're am I to here? Make a record here? Yeah, exactly. And this? I felt bad for them. Yeah, it, no, but it, it comes off good. It's, it's, it, yeah, it, it, it's uh, okay. They're a band still. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah in, like in some form. Yeah, they're in it's some like form. It's like two of them. Yeah, it's Billy yeah. Corgan. And like one other yeah. person, but he's into wrestling now. I thought wasn't isn't he well, like I, promoting? Uh, he? Yeah, I think he owns a wrestling. Have you met uh, him? He's very tall. I have not met. Well, him. I've met. Him. I know yeah, you yeah, did. Yeah, but I believe he does own a wrestling promotion, like one of the regional yeah. wrestling yeah. promotions nowadays. He's super into it. Who knows? You, you know? know, he's a big record collector. I could. I he could spent see that. about six hours in the store. Oh, okay. Twice. Oh, yeah, all right. So. Right on. Well, we got to get him on the show then. Yeah, man. you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, apparently Lefty just talked one of our, our, our soon-to-be guests into coming on the podcast. So, oh, I did. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, we won't mention any names right now. Maybe when the person comes on, we'll, we'll, we'll call right. back to this. Uh, this is about the time when we take a break and get another round, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, it's yeah, time to take a break. Yeah. All right, so Lefty, we're going to get another round. Cool. And Nation, get yourself another round. And we'll be right back. And we're back. Back in the ring room. Back with Manny Chevrolet. Back with Misty, Mr. Lefty Parker. D. Lefty Parker. Indeed. So, D, that's very mysterious. Uh, you like to keep it just D or can we... No, my it? name's David. David, but, uh, I was going to uh, guess David. Yeah, but I was okay. nicknamed Lefty uh, almost 30 years ago. Okay. And so I don't hide that my name's David or anything, right, but right, right. I can't... I don't respond to it. And it's yeah. not... A, I, you'll find that People who were born from like 1965 to 1975, there's a lot of Davids. Sure. So their name is David and their last name or David D or something Dave uh-huh. or something like that. So there's a lot of Davids out there that have changed their name like either slightly or whatever. But okay. I, somebody gave me the name and I, I still don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I, I ask him from time to time. We're still friends. Who is this but, person? Uh, his name is Andrew McMillan. He was the bass player for a band called Snatch of the Pink. Snatch uh, of the Pink. They were like a cowpunk uh, band from North Carolina. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. But he was my boss at the record store and pizza restaurant that I worked at uh, during that period of time. And uh, when I asked him why he called me that, uh, he never told me the answer anymore he refuses to tell me the answer i i've come up with a good cocktail party answer so you're not you're not left-handed no i'm not okay yeah <laughs> no that's the funniest part people yeah. always say yeah, are you left-handed gotta... and i say no no it's <laughs> hilarious so but the cocktail party answer is uh-huh. like are you left-handed no i'm just not right uh, okay <laughs> i like it i like it i like you put some but thought into this so going to your pizza days, because I remember we talked about this years ago when uh, a certain pizza restaurant was going to open up. You're, you're, a, you're a master. You're a pie maker. You, I am a pie maker. You, you know how to flip that no, dough. No, pizza is, is very important to me. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so New Orleans after Katrina, many years, you know, 
pizza's become pretty big here. I it mean, has. Yeah, it's gotten big, and there's good ones and there's bad ones here. In, indeed. Yeah, indeed. And 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 uh, uh, I'm not going to name names or anything like that, but there's one next to your record store that I think that's fabulous. Yeah, I mean, I I will name names. Yeah, yeah. What are some, <laughs> I was, I was yeah. Say, no, I, I'll tell you what. I have I have two pizza restaurants in town that I will go to. Okay. Uh, there is others that I have gone to, and I'm not like anti, but right. the two that I am most favored with is Pizza Delicious, which is next door to the record store, mm-hmm. uh, and Mid-City Pizza. I like that, too. Yeah, they're both uh, like actual New York style, and right. it's not bullshit. And See, I love both of those, too. Yeah. Pizza Delicious, my favorite. Yeah. Mid-City, though, uh, for me, isn't consistent. You know, I don't go there enough to know. Yeah, they're not consistent okay. enough. They're like, you know, I want a restaurant to be consistent. But the general flavor and construction of the pie right. is, is yeah, solid. It's correct. Right. Yeah. Now, now right. have, you, have you been to Tower of Pizza in, in Oh, sorry. Metroid? Wait, I left out Tower of Pizza because okay. I, I thought we were talking about New Orleans. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> New Orleans adjacent. It's right, it's no, right over the... Uh, Tower of Pizza is now. my favorite pizza in New Orleans proper oh, and nice. has been for 20 years. Nice. The moment I found it, it was my favorite. Yeah. Uh, it's, but I, so hard to get out there. You know, well, who wants no, to go out there? I actually developed a tomato allergy. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. And so I can eat pizza at Pizza D because they'll make it for me without sauce. Oh, okay. But that is not an option at Tower Pizza. Oh, wow. That's Crazy. a, that's, I mean, I don't even want to bring that up there. Right. <laughs> so how did you discover this? You have a tomato allergy? Uh, yeah. You, you eat, well, you eat pizza like four or five days a week like I do. Uh-huh. Uh, you start to discover the days that you didn't eat pizza, like you feel better. And then I was like, huh, I wonder what that is. And when I was younger, I, I was, worked at a pizza restaurant. So I started developing like a rash if I cut tomatoes hmm. on my hands. Uh, and then sometimes the skin would peel off. Oh, so yeah, I'd have to take the week put off it in work. The pizza? <laughs> yeah, no, I'd have to take the week <laughs> off work because I couldn't. I just couldn't handle tomatoes. But it wasn't that big of a deal mm. until I got older. And as you get older, your systems tend to work differently. Right, and, right. Yeah, uh, but I, I just wasn't feeling good, and and uh, and then I started cutting out the pizza, and I was like, well, that solved a lot of problems. Mm. Oh, uh, but then I started going back to pizza. And trying it without cheese, without sauce, and doing uh-huh. it scientifically, uh-huh. and it came down to the fact that yeah, it's the tomatoes. tomatoes so, huh. well, you know, Tower of Pizza. Like, I was eating there one time, and I was telling, I was like, you know, this reminds me of this pizza place. It was called Artista's Pizza. It was in the building that held it used to be the Tiger Theater on Franklin Avenue, uh-huh. right at at six ten, but then it became a porno theater and they just used the same letters from Tiger but they switched it around it became the Grit nice the Grit theater so you'd go into this side door of the Grit theater but it was just Artista's Pizza and you know you would we would go my family would even we, we were from that neighborhood but mm-hmm. even when we moved to, to Algiers we would still come back because my grandmother still lived around there, but we'd go there, and we would always like face the door because you're waiting for somebody to come in and shoot you. you right. Know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always thought that that building would be a great club. Yeah. Uh, for a while, Kelly and I were talking about a different club, uh-huh. and I kept proposing that theater. Oh, you because, know that building. Yeah, because that theater is isolated enough and right by the highway and has right. great parking, so like you could do shows there and you wouldn't bother anyone. They, they have to be giving it away. There's, you know, the, yeah. you could still set off a bomb there and you wouldn't hurt anybody right well this the building next door is now a storage facility okay um and i think that that's probably what's going to end up happening in that space as storage facilities seem to grow but it's in a great pocket because you're right by the highway and then on the other side is the train tracks right right. so you have like no man's land yeah Yeah, yeah. so so i was telling the, the i was 
telling the people at Tower of Pizza, you know, this reminds me so much of this place I used to go when I was a kid, Artista's Pizza. They said, oh, that's our cousins. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the same, same family. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's like the, a Vietnamese restaurant. Well, yeah, but that's, <laughs> uh, they have that same restaurant. You know, yeah. It's got that same flavor to it. All right, speaking of restaurants, okay, you, grew, you were born and raised in SoCal, like me. Uh-huh. Okay. And you know good Mexican food. Yeah, El Coyote. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they're pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, uh, Talpa was my favorite on the west side, but so now, since Katrina, post Katrina, and all that kind of, there are tons of Hispanic Mexican restaurants here and stuff like that. What oh, have God. you found here? I still don't have a favorite. You here. don't have a favorite here? No. I I I tend to go by the airport, man. Right. On Williams no, Boulevard. No, La Fiesta. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, well, that's more South American, I think, than yeah, actually Mexican. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which one are you going to? Uh, well, there's... God, I can't even remember the name of it. But uh, there's one in town called El Pavo Real. Right, right, oh, yeah. El Pavo Real is great. Yeah, yeah. yeah but like it's a little bit more shishi than a, like a traditional place. Yeah, it is a little... Yeah, not, but Not they, too much, though. No, it's, no, it's nice. Yeah, I mean, but, it's not... But like the, the, the menu itself has a little bit more like, oh, creme fraiche that is like... Yeah, you know, okay. Right. Well, because the, yeah. the chef, uh, she's from um, Lola's restaurant. She was from Lola's oh, yeah. on oh, okay. Esplanade. Yeah, well, that's what and, chefs do now. And like, her husband was a bus boy there, I think. Oh, really? Something like that. Anyway, let's get off the food because I'm getting yeah, yeah. hungry. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. I've been there a bunch, though. I love yeah, the place. I, I, yeah. I think their breakfasts are very good. Yeah. The breakfasts are the best thing there. Um, anyway, Nation, we're here with Lefty... Uh, Lefty Parker. Lefty Parker. D. Lefty Parker. D. Lefty Parker. Who's not le- he's not left-handed. Not left-handed, no. s- yeah. surprisingly enough. So, Lefty, do you go shopping a lot? Do you do the grocery shopping for you and your wife? I do not. You do not? She does all the shopping? My wife's a freelance writer. Oh, okay. <laughs> she has a lot more time to okay. Okay. Like, put that in her schedule. Well, I, mean, I, I do the shopping because yeah. I can't trust my wife or daughter to do shopping. <laughs> because I have to, I actually hire someone to taste the food before I eat it. Right. Because <laughs> I think they might be trying to kill me. You know, but um, the funniest thing, I was at the supermarket on this past Sunday and... Uh, I see this, uh, there's this couple, there's this black couple, and they're very friendly people, and they're very good-looking people, and the husband's blind. He's blind. He's got the, the blind cane, mm-hmm. and she's pulling the cart. She's in front of the shopping cart, and he's holding on the handle with one hand, holding the cane with the other hand, right. and he's got the blind glasses, you know, those big blind glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, 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 he's a beautiful man. Okay. He, he's well-groomed and all that, and, and he's blind. And the funniest thing was, is I'm doing the shopping, I look up at him, and he's wearing a Stevie Wonder in concert shirt. Okay. So well. I thought that was hilarious. Well. <laughs> There's a certain <laughs> certain synchronicity there. Yeah, yeah. It was well, like you know that makes sense though. You know, well, it does make it makes sense. a lot of sense. Yeah. But how did he know he would put that shirt on? Well, that's well, it. How did he know? Did they dress him like he, that? You know, he probably knows. He probably remembers that he has all the shirts he has. He's like, sweetie, I feel like wearing the Stevie Wonder shirt. That's probably true. You know, I she's don't doing know. him a solid. She's not going to put the Elton John shirt on him when, <laughs> when he says he wants the Stevie Wonder shirt. You know. That that would be something, you know. If, now, imagine if you told your wife you wanted the Stevie Wonder shirt, and then you're at the grocery store, 
and someone you both know comes up to you and, and they're talking to you. And, and so now the wife is going, oh, God, I hope nobody tells him. <laughs> that I put on the Elton John shirt. <laughs> Elton John, boy, I like that shirt. You know, I'm, a, I'm an Elton John fan, too. And you're like, well, what, are you, what is he talking about? Yeah. Go, yeah, I just saw that movie. Uh, maybe yeah. maybe the Stevie Wonder shirt was destroyed, and yeah. she's like just trying to cover it up. Or you know, maybe she's just 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 trying to fuck with him. You know, yeah, I that's don't true. Know. Well, yeah. you know, could be problems could be. You know, being could, blind. Uh, that's the it's question. A disadvantage. Yeah, could, could be a disadvantage. Would you rather be blind or deaf? Right. right. Yeah, that's a huge question. Yeah, I, I think know. blind. Blind? You want to be blind? Yeah, yeah. I can still play music. Uh, I have a Stevie Wonder story. It's not particularly. Oh, good, let's so. hear it. Okay. Well. Yeah. Uh, he was so, in the supermarket? No. Uh, <laughs> he was playing at the Superdome, and uh, there was uh, one of his band members was having a birthday party at Sweet Lorraine's. Okay. And my wife, who's a music writer, got word that he was going to be at Sweet Lorraine's. So we showed up there, and the band was playing. They were great, and we were enjoying ourselves, but we couldn't be in the room because a lot of people, other people knew this was happening. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of in these tables that are right by the staircase. And uh, Stevie Wonder finally came in and boom, hit my knee like hard. <laughs> and oh, I was like, really? oh, wow. With his leg? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. His knee, like, knee to knee kind of thing? Uh, I, but I felt bad because I'm not blind. Right. Yeah. So he went in and he, and we kind of peered in and saw that he played like a little harmonica solo and then he decided to leave mm-hmm. and on his way out bam he hit me again hard and I was like man Steve Wonder has it out for my knee like what's going he's on he's not fucking blind is he I know I think he meant to do that <laughs> oh, no he knew where you were he's like yeah. that, fuck that guy well, his moved sense, out of my way his exactly. sense of smell and hearing is a lot better yeah. you know because uh, I'm not he, sure if that's true Manny you know well maybe it is <laughs> well yeah, why maybe. not okay. you know okay. maybe he uses sonar yeah. I don't know. I, you know I, I have a blind cat that uses sonar. Oh, yeah? Yes. And I, I keep putting it outside. It keeps making its way back home. He's putting it under the water to see if it can find its way to the surface. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know. Um, I saw on social media something you, you posted recently. You said, Christian friends, if this is the rapture, please let me know. Indeed. And, and I understood because we've lost so many... New Orleans, uh, Louisiana music luminaries. Certainly not saints. Not saints. No, no. Well, <laughs> but then just in, since the last podcast, we lost Dave Bartholomew. We did. The, the, the father of, of, you know, he was 100 years old. Uh, what can we say about Dave Bartholomew? That to, well, it's to, time to go. It's your time. It's a good run. But. No, but I'll, I'll tell you what we say about Dave Bartholomew. The problem with, with Dave's public perception is, is that Dave was, stayed out of the public eye because he didn't want to be in the public eye. Right. He didn't like Jazz Fest. He didn't like going on OZ. And he didn't particularly enjoy talking to Offbeat. Yeah. And so as a result, we're lauding, you know, like my one of my other great heroes of New Orleans music, Ernie Cato, right. is a hero for doing all of those things. But uh-huh. Dave is actually an architect of this music. Yes. And like in really in comparison, Cato is like a minute point. Right. Dave, Dave's <laughs> so, on the Mount Rushmore yeah. of this music. Yeah, yeah. And I think that as a city, we've kind of forgotten Dave's contribution to the entire thing. And I got kind of crazy on the internet and was telling, spreading all kinds of information like Dave is the hero. Dave is the man. Because Dave is the man. I mean, I don't think people really fully understand because his music is older it's not as perceived as important as, say, Alan's music or whatever. But I, I, I guarantee if Alan were alive, he'd tell you 
Dave is the man. Yes. So, yes. so uh, you know, for those that don't know, Dave Bartholomew, you know, he's a trumpet player, songwriter, band leader, and then he discovered Fats Domino and and impresario. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, he, that guy was working and produced all those records, produced all those uh, Cosmo Matassa, well, many of those those Cosmo Matassa put records. together the band. Yes, band leader and arranger and like the the canon of new orleans r&b yeah dave bartholomew was the foundation i'm pretty sure he's the first one to hire wardell yeah uh you know wardell kazare yeah yeah yeah, i think he's the first guy to work with harold batiste uh we did some i i'm a i used to work with an organization called the ponderosa stomp we did a number of panel discussions and i got to hear a lot of dave and harold and alan and a lot of great producers in from new orleans speak including cosmo uh, and all of them looked up to Dave. Like, it, like you, Dave would walk in the room, and everyone would just look to Dave. And it's he was so so important. I just can't, I can't. I'm so gonna keep saying. Is Ponderosa <laughs> Stomp still around? Oh yeah. I, the, I stopped working with the foundation three years ago. Okay. But I know that they have. Still uh, doing it. Well, no, they've ceased doing the live. Because show. everyone's dying, right? I think that probably has something to do with <laughs> yeah, it, but I, I don't. So. I mean, uh, it's that it's another thing that was beautiful while it was happening. But right. I, I think at the, this point, you would be hard pressed to get that kind of quality out of uh, that show anymore. Right. Well, you know, I was talking to this fellow today that had a, a wonderful career in this this band, and you know, they they just the heights. And then he was talking about, well, you know, it's uh, I saw him, and it was not that. And I said, you know, nothing less. He goes, well, you know, that's what's important to realize about art is the 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 fragility of it is what makes it one of the things that makes it so precious. Yeah, and I think that's one of the most important things to remember about everything artistic. I mean, people. Say things like, "Oh, you know, it's a tragic thing that the mermaid isn't here anymore." As an example, and mm-hmm. I would say the mermaid had its day; it, it had a shelf life, and it ran its course. And everyone was—it was a beautiful moment while it was happening. And if you didn't appreciate that, then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you missed the boat. <laughs> yeah, because there was a lot to appreciate. Yes. But I think this is true of any bar or record store or organization. But I mean, I I played CBGBs once. Mm. It was 1993. It was us and 11 metal bands. Uh-huh. I kind of wish I didn't do it. Right, uh, right. You know, and... Not the CBGBs of your imagination. No, it was yeah, horrible. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and when I met a guy who worked there, I said, like, what, you know, what's still going on there? It was about six months before it closed. And he's like, I think it's over. And I'm like, good. <laughs> you know, and it's been I... over. It's yeah, nice. It, I guess it would be nice if children could learn about those things, but they would have to learn so much contextual things to make that work. Right. You know, I mean, but I, I mean, honestly, I don't know how much you guys know about the New York scene, but it's one of my favorite periods of t- music. Mm-hmm. And if you're not including the Mercer Art Center or uh, Maxwell's, then you're not really like looking at CBGBs fully and you can't like preserve one part of it under glass and pretend that that's going to contextualize everything. Of course. And New Orleans has been a place that's been like that since I've been here where people are trying to put things under glass. But I don't know if you can do that. And, it, you know, I mean, there may be a point, and I know this sounds crazy, but where Mardi Gras Indians aren't a thing anymore because it just can't be a thing forever, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it sounds, it sounds crazy, I know. Yeah, it, you know, it, it, does, it does kind of come in waves. I'll tell you what, when I was a kid, 
as far as like the brass bands, mm-hmm. you had the Olympia brass band, and that was it. Tuxedo. Tuxedo brass band. Yeah. But really, the, like this, the one that you would see, Olympia brass band, and right. like those guys don't even play anymore. Right. But but none of this new wave, like this is before the Dirty Dozen, before you know any of that stuff. Right. And you really thought, oh, this is something that you know we're seeing the 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 remnants of the tail end. Right. But there you go, like you know, the, through efforts of certain people, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, you may not know, and you probably do, but I, I used to manage Katie Red. Uh, okay. And I DJed for Katie Red for a while, but the the thing is, is that bounce was over, like it it had run its course uh-huh. for the most part. I mean, it, it really it was kind of only older women were going to certain clubs to go enjoy bounce. Okay. But it wasn't older black women. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a really a, a thing. But there was a certain amount of nostalgia in the white community, uh, and then we we basically promoted a bunch of shows for Katie and Frida and one eye jacks and various like more white establishments around mm-hmm. town and bounce had this giant comeback and now Frida's a giant star. Right. I don't, I didn't expect that to happen as a result of what we were doing. We were trying to just raise a couple of bucks for some artists that were not doing as well. Uh-huh. Um, now they're now Frida's on top of the game. I yeah, mean, it's man. crazy. So, yeah, New Orleans does have ability to bounce back. My point is, is that traditions in New Orleans do change, and they're weird in the way that they do. But I think you're right. It's cyclical, and I think people pick up. I mean, baby dolls didn't exist for a while either. Right, right, just as a memory. And then somebody decided, oh, well, this is something cool, and we still have people that have institutions. Okay, (laughs) yeah. There's still uh, institutional um, memory. Right. In existence, let's yeah. let's revive that. Let's you know stoke yeah. that and yeah, yeah. I mean, so, the city is a funny place, and I think right now we're looking at our history in a different way than we may have ever before. But also, the city is much more modern than it was before. I think, but it still ass backwards. Oh, I mean, absolutely! I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong. <laughs> we tried to order a Domino's pizza the other night. They were like, "You have to come and get it." I was like, "This is defeating <laughs> the point of Domino's pizza." <laughs> <laughs> but it's not easy anymore. This city. No, it's not as it's easy. Not, it's, it's not as cheap. It's not easy. That's yeah. what I keep trying to tell people. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's, it was the big, but it's not easy anymore. No, it's not. It really is not easy. But speaking of musicians, and uh, uh, we're, we're celebrating. Did you know that Michael Jackson died 10 years ago today? Okay, really? Yeah, he died 10 years ago today. Really? Well, he OD'd. I wasn't there. No. <laughs> nothing to do with it. I had nothing to do with it. I mean, but, I don't even know him. But, I do uh, like propofol, though. Yeah. But I, I did find out that there is a college that is actually going to honor Michael Jackson by changing their, the name of the college to Michael Jackson University. And from Brigham Young, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that is that is breaking news. Yeah, that's a, yeah, it's quite a screw. But also, um, good PR you know, move. Yeah, I, I I I dug Michael Jackson. I thought he was a good kid. Hey, I love that off the wall record. Man. Yeah, I love and, off and the a lot wall. of stuff before that. Thrillo, Michael. Yeah. But you know, you know one of the Jackson, best. Jackson Five was pretty good. Pretty good uh, little combo. Yeah, <laughs> but. Only in America can a poor black child grow up to be a rich white man. And that was white Michael Jackson. <laughs> well, white woman. I thought that's what you were going to say. <laughs> yeah, white woman, I think. <laughs> well, he was a patter. 
Yeah. Well. You know, you know, he's a petter, dude. What do you mean? A pedophile, man. Uh, I don't know. None of that's been proven. Yeah, you know? that's, that's a lot that's of a, allegations. Oh, really? None of it's <laughs> been proven? You never touch me. I don't know. We talk about Michael Jackson's guilt at the store a lot. Okay. And a friend of mine who works at the store told me, well, Michael Jackson's already ghetto guilty. And I said, what do you mean? And he's like, no black man is get, should have children sleeping in the bed with him. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm white. I, you know, I, yeah. you know I, I, I couldn't get away with that. You know, yeah, no, I mean, I want to. Yeah, but his point is, is that's not cool. Right. So therefore, but also, you know, by and large, he's Michael Jackson. So give him a pass. Well, no, I don't think oh. so. But yeah, I think he'll that give they want. I think that there's a conflict there, but among people in general, is like, well. We don't really know what happened. Right. And, you know. I think we know what happened. I, well, it was funny. Okay. I thought that I didn't <laughs> yeah. know what happened. And I was yeah. like, I don't know what happened. And we started having these conversations at the store. And I realized, like, oh, everyone thinks he's guilty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know. I know. I know. I, you know, I think he's guilty. But then on the other hand, you know, I don't know. You don't want to upset so, our listeners? Is no, that what no, you want no, to no, do? No, no, no. It's not the listeners, you know. It's, just, it's our know. followers. Okay. It's the likers or followers. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I don't, you. I don't know what you're trying to prove here. I don't know. I don't know. You know, he was a fucking patter, man. Okay. The guy is evil, you know, and, you know, Billie Jean can suck my dick. (laughs) All right. (laughs) You know. Okay, man. All right. Uh, you know, uh, uh, he's looking at his clippings. That yeah, means yeah. We're, we're 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 winding down. We're winding down. Yeah, we're yeah. winding no, down. We don't here. have to get into cli- any clippings. Yeah. We've had a great time just batting it around with uh, with. Well, um, I want to talk about lefty. something. Okay, yeah. did you hear about this, Lefty? What? I can talk, call you Lefty because we're friends, right? right? Yeah. Um, there was a guy on Bourbon Street in the French Quarter uh, just last week. Did you hear this story? Um, some young guys in his early 20s, he was just going around punching people in the face. Oh, yeah. I, did you I, hear, I didn't hear about that. Yeah. Did, you, did you see the video? No. Oh, the video, the video is hilarious. It's a hilarious video. If you didn't get punched, it's hilarious. Well, yeah. no, but the funniest, no, okay. let me speak. Okay. This guy is Go wearing, on. you know, uh, pants that need a belt. Okay. He's wearing no shirt. And he's punching people who are on their phones only. This is what I noticed. Okay. They're on their phones only. So he wa- he's wandering around, and they're, he had punched somebody. Talking on their phones or just looking at their phones? Both. Okay. Both. both. Okay. So someone's following. Apparently, he had punched somebody already. Uh-huh. So now some uh, bystander, some, you know, someone who wants to record this and say, listen, this is not right. Right. Is following with their phone. With their phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, I know, I know. Lefty. Exactly, yeah, Lefty. Yeah, yeah. And let me tell you, uh, Nation, Lefty's wearing a very fine shirt. I love that Hawaiian shirt you're wearing. It's so exciting it to me. Makes the tourists uh, yeah, think that I'm friends with them. Is that a Jazz Fest shirt? Yeah. No, it is not. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I will it, not. It, it's oh, a okay. slimming shirt too. It's a slimming shirt. Black, it makes yeah, you, yeah, 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 yeah. It's but, a f- shirt for a fifty-year-old white man, <laughs> <laughs> which will be fifty soon, right? Yeah, on Halloween. On oh, Halloween wow. night, you'll be fifty years old. Yeah, so, nation, wow. remember that yeah. when you're trick or treating and you get a shitty candy, remember Lefty. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. There's, all right. Anyway, um, so this guy is going around. He had punched somebody. So now someone's following him, and there are people on the street going. Hey, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he's going to... So the next person he punches is a girl walking with another girl, and she's on her phone talking to somebody. 
And she, he just goes up and just whacks her on the side of the head. Just, I mean, cold cocks her. Yeah. You know, and then it gets even crazier. And he punches another person who's on their phone. Mm-hmm. So he's got a, maybe an anti-phone thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, a bit yeah. like, uh, what's the guy? By uh, me, yeah, like me. Well, no, yeah, uh, yeah. no. The, the, uh, uh, the Unabomber, you know? Oh, yeah. He's like uh, anti-technology. Or the you know? Soy Bomber. The Soy Bomber. <laughs> <laughs> but the next person he punches is this young guy. He's probably in his mid-20s, late-20s. He's kind of a heavy-set guy. Okay. He's on his phone talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. And this guy on Bourbon Street just comes up and just punches him in the back of the neck. You know, back of the neck near the jaw. Right. You know, and this guy kind of stumbles forward who just got punched. Mm-hmm. He stumbles forward, but yet he continues to <laughs> have his conversation on the phone. He's got a few more things he's got to get yeah. out before he, he goes. Yeah. Oh, I just got punched. Hold on a second. I'll be right with you. In a s-. And, and I thought that was so hilarious. It's like you're getting cold cocked by a fucking crazy motherfucker. Right. Who ended up getting arrested by the state police, yeah. who's probably somewhere we don't even know where this fucking poor guy is now. Yeah, yeah I'm sure he's got some mental issues. Oh, he's got, but there's no mental hospitals here in, right. in New Orleans. Well, so this guy's fucked for the rest of us. Uh, you know, but I just thought it was hilarious how this guy, you know, continued to do his conversation while getting punched in the back of the neck. You gotta keep your priorities straight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe he was ordering a pizza. I don't Maybe know. Maybe he was. I don't know. <laughs> Um, have you ever seen Have you seen the video of L.A. Guns? Uh, what happened when L.A. Guns played at Siberia? No, it's on no. YouTube. No, uh, I haven't. Seen okay, that. so they have a security footage from outside of Siberia. This is recent, right? This is like three or four. No, it's probably five years ago, but oh, it's, okay. it's still on the internet. Oh, okay. Siberia's gone though. No, you know, well, no, it's still there. It's still just there. isn't owned by the same people. Okay, but yeah. they're not. Okay, all right. It's different. Let's just say that. All right. Okay. Uh, so LA Guns are playing at Siberia. It's a raucous night, I guess, at, at Siberia. I wasn't there. Uh, but the only reason I know of this is because of the video. So there's security video of the, their van out in front, and which has a trailer on the back. Uh, and a guy goes out there and starts tagging the van. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the, one of the members of the band and one of the security guys for the band, or roadie or whatever, is sees it on the on the security camera, mm-hmm. and so goes out and beats that guy <laughs> 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 hard, and it, it, it's and then they basically shot the security video and put that on YouTube with the entire crowd from the show watching the security camera. So there's this whole like oh moment. <laughs> it's kind of great, but that uh, yeah that guy <laughs> not <laughs> tagged the wrong vehicle. Well yeah yeah, yeah. yeah you, tagging oh, vehicles well, in New Orleans is not a good idea. I guess L.A. Guns has got some some uh, you know serious security. Yeah, yeah for a band that's playing Siberia that yeah, formerly yeah. played arenas. Yeah, sure. Well, well, you know, yeah, you know. Yeah. that's sad about Siberia. They're under new ownership now. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I mean, I, I think once it was again, a happy story for uh, all involved. You know? Right, right. Yeah, every, yeah. Uh, I think anyone did, did well. I, I think. think everyone ended up okay yeah. there. Oh, okay, I didn't yeah. know that. I don't know. Yeah. I never went. <laughs> I never Your went. benefit was there, and I DJ'd it. So no, no, I went there for a benefit show. Yeah, yeah. you showed you. up. Yeah, you showed up. Nobody else showed up. Well, 
Yeah. That, well, you had, you know, uh, in their defense, you had like four different uh, events that night, so it's impossible. Well, for yeah, to make I did. I them, had to. Know. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah, you know yeah. that I was Manny's uh, campaign manager early on? Well, did you know that I was his campaign manager before you? I know, yes. But you were like out of town. <laughs> yeah, no, well, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's like being in the Panther Burns, you know. Right. Once you've done your stint, you know, right. it's like you, you're you happy for the time you've done. You're ready for someone else to take over. Right. You know, every, everyone, there's a, there's enough here for everybody. <laughs> did, it, did I tell you that I saw a George Reinecke show last year? No. Yeah. He played, he played at a thrift store across the street from Siberia. Perfect. Uh, right oh, around Christmas. Oh, I was supposed to be on that game. Oh, were you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually had to back out. I was like, I just can't. I can't do this. It was like a stream of consciousness gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I was glad to be there. And yes. It, it kind of like was all like he was loosely playing songs in this very Sid Barrett kind of manner. He was playing uh, guitar. Yeah, because uh, when he approached me, he goes, he goes, Renee, um, I want you to do this gig with him. And I'm like, okay, George, that sounds like fun. And he st- and then we talk again. And he goes, um, I want you to play all uh, keyboards. I'm like, okay, I'm a bass player, but sure, I play piano too. And he goes, I'm not going to play guitar. Girl, wait a second, George. This sounds like a lot of work for me. <laughs> I don't know, man. So good, he played guitar. Well, there were about twelve people there. Okay. We weren't sure when the show was starting. Right. Uh, he played some Christmas melodies uh-huh. on the guitar for a little while, and then all of a sudden went into bourgeois blues, and it kicked ass for like one full song, uh-huh. and then it became stream of consciousness again. It fell apart again. Yeah, but it was worth it. I mean, it was really worth it for the time period of sitting there trying to figure out what was happening. It was also very cold in that building. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it, you know, George Ronicky is a, is a master of himself, you know, he's, and, and he will, he's a future Troubleman podcast guest. He, I hope so. He went on the list early on. I, I keep waiting for the right slot for him. Well, it was the first time I got to meet him, uh, and you probably already know, he is apparently an avid Godzilla uh, enthusiast. You know, I did not know that, but I, I'm not surprised. I am as well, so okay. I was glad to have that connection with him. I could him. see you and George getting along, yeah, actually. Yeah, I know? loved beating him. Yeah. So. No, he's, he's... Look, the first time I met George, he was known as George the Max, okay? Uh-huh. So George the Max, uh, we're at Tupelo's, you know, or Jed's at that time, this club right across from the Maple Leaf. Right. You know, the, the premier punk rock club at the time. And somebody said... That's George the Max. And they pointed down the hall, and I looked at him, and I was like, I was 15 at the time. I was like, God, that guy's got to be at least 10 years older than me, and is so scary. Turns out George was two years older than me. <laughs> but, you know, he, he'd already been a heroin addict for, you know, or narcotics addict for 15 years. Right. Because, you know, he was one since he was a child, you know, from all the operations he had to go undergo. And... He really did have the presence of someone 10 years older than me and super scary. Turns out he's hilarious and super charming. He is. <laughs> I left out part of the show. Part of the show, uh, the beginning part of the show, played Christmas songs, and then he stopped the show and said, hey, I just want to clear this up for the record to the 10 of us that were there, uh-huh. or 15 of us that were there. <laughs> and he told some story about how he was... Talking about someone being gay, uh-huh. and then 
Ellen came up to him and thought he was talking about her and told him to fuck off Uh and that he wasn't trying to be anti-gay, but he wanted to set the record straight. This was like 40 years before. Yeah, no one one associated with the event involved or this whole thing. (laughs) No one one there cared or knew or understood what was happening. Remember that you were around Ellen DeGeneres. I found it charming still. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, he just, you know, George, he's got a, he's got a long memory, you know. Let's, well, let's he's clear tortured. He, he also yeah, mentioned yeah. a variety of chemicals that were uh, flammable that were in his mother's house. Okay, well, so. you know, we're we're gonna uh, we'll we'll, we'll uh, cross reference all of this when George comes on the show. Yeah, probably don't ask him about that because I think he's a little <laughs> scared that the government might find out. Uh, you know, uh, he's a little worried about the government. I think. Well, Who isn't? I'm worried about the yeah, government. We'll have to, we'll have to yeah. wait till you meet George. Delve into all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I never expected that this would be a foreshadowing of the George Reinecke episode. I can't wait to listen to that episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it hasn't even happened yet. <laughs> okay, well now I'm excited yeah. about it. Well, Lefty, thank you so much, man. You've Absolutely. been wonderful. You know, you're, I know you're a little bit apprehensive, you know, but... Uh, Never been on a podcast before. It's yeah. nice to be here, though. Uh, you know, I'm not sure you've been on one now, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've been on the Troubled Men podcast. I'm under one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, now we're the last ones in the room. And, yeah, uh, you as can, always. Yeah, as always. So, in the, in the uh, Troubled Nation, we'd like to say... Uh, uh, trouble never ends. But the struggle continues. Good night, Lefty. Good night.